Testing. Dr. Kim, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Turn up a little bit. Yeah. Speak up one more time. I'm here. Can you hear me? Much better. Much better. Okay, great. I'll meet you. We'll get ready to roll. Are you there? Yes, I am. You hear me? Yep. Come on in. Good. Well, I'll mute you. We'll be ready to go. All righty.
nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Good evening, and welcome to another evening. Dr. Cliff Burton Friends featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics and a whole lot more. We have a great evening for you tonight. And before we get started, I want to unmike. Let us say hello. Dr. Marlo Kemp, my co-host. Say hello, Dr. Marlo Kemp. Good evening, everyone. Hi. Welcome to the show. All right. Tennessee State's in the house. All right. <laughs> All right, and I'm gonna unmike or ask him to unmike himself. Jim Waddell, unmike himself, Jim. Tell everybody hello. All right, so we're waiting on Jim to unmike himself there. Have a little difficulty there, but Jim is also here with us tonight. And then we have our audience, none other than Ms. Sheila Townsend. CEO of For the Love. We want to say hello to her. We have other people engagement, so are coming on. And uh, we just want to say hello to them. So, Jim, you may have to go out and come back in and unmike yourself, okay? We want to get started with a moment of silence tonight. And we're going to talk about a story, a very sad one, out of New York. And so let's give a moment of silence for the bus crash. Amen. Amen. Okay, Dr. Kemp, this past week, a group of students from New York heading on a band trip. They were from uh, Long Island, I believe. And the uh, bus turned over in a ravine down a hill on I-84. And uh, several students were on there, but uh, they were hurt. And I understand all the students are going to make it. But two of the... Um, teachers passed. And uh, one of them actually was not a teacher. She was a retired aide who came along to uh, chaperone the students and she died. And then the other was a teacher. And so uh, just give us your thoughts. You know, in any moment, these things can happen, Dr. Kemp. So give us your thoughts on this story of the tragedy in New York and our hearts to go out to everybody over there in New York. Dr. Kemp. Yeah, it was um, really sad. Thanks, Dr. Bird, for bringing this story back up. Um, <clears throat> it was really sad. It's a really sad story. You know, the kids, the um, band members, the high school students were on their way to actually a, a weekend of band camp uh, from Thursday through Sunday. And, you know, like you said, they were, I think they were probably like 40 minutes from their destination. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the buses, it was six total of six buses, and one of the buses, you know, um, actually went into the ravine and overturned. And, you know, like you mentioned, um, two of the chaperones passed away, and one of them was the band teacher yep. who wound up yep. passing away. Um, and, you know, quite a few of the kids were hurt. Um, and, you know, like you said, our heart goes out to, the, you know, to the kids, the families, the, the teachers, the chaperones, their families. And, you know, it's just a family's worst nightmare. You know, you send your sure. kids off you sure. know, that morning thinking, you know, everything is going to be okay. Everybody yeah. will be back home, including the chaperones. And, 
Okay. You know, I can only imagine them getting their calls. Let's bring Jim in here. Jim? Yes. All right. Is Jim on the story over New York? I was listening to you and I was listening to you and Marlo talk about it, but you know, as a 30 year teacher, you know, anytime you go on a field trip, the main objective is to come back safe and sound. Mm -hmm. And these guys, it sounds like they were going to band camp and what went around a curve or ended up in a ravine. It's, It's always sad to hear. And yep. that there were two lives lost, you know, that's a, you know that's never a good thing. You know, I'm glad that all the kids seem to be okay, but <clears throat> two lives is too too many. Absolutely, we'll continue to keep our prayers uh, for that high school over in New York City. Now, it's our last week with her. Let me run it down for you. Born November twenty second, nineteen forty three. 79 years old, Billy Jean Moffitt. All righty. In her career, she turned pro in 1968, retired in 1990. She played right-handed, and she was one-handed or backhanded. College, California State University. In her career, she won $1,966,487. Now, in singles, her career record, 695 and 155 for 81.7%. 76 percentage. Career titles, 129 and 67 during open era. And she was ranked as high as number one in 1966. These are Grand Slam titles. Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon multiple times, U.S. Open multiple times. In doubles, her career record was 87-37. And her highest ranking was number one in doubles. She also Grand Slam double results. She won Multiple Australian Opens, one French Open, multiple Wimbledons, multiple Wimbledon, uh, U.S. Opens, and then she was also in several other doubles tournaments and mixed doubles career titles of 11. Grand Slam, she also played mixed doubles, and uh, she won the Australian Open, French Open, she won twice, Wimbledon, she won four times, and the U.S. Open four times, and then in team competition, she won the Fed Cup. One, two, three, four, five times as a player, and she was the captain of that team four times. So, Dr. Kemp, mm-hmm. was your thoughts, Jim? We're coming to you next. Billy Jean King. Billy Jean. Every time I say her name, I always think of Michael Jackson's song. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Billy Jean, she is one of a kind. And whoever comes in her presence, especially you know the young tennis players, um, you know now is just is you know they're they're lucky to actually just you know be able to gain you know wisdom from her um, and just be in her presence because she knew she was. You know, she was really doing it, kicking some tail back in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And then for her to share that knowledge, you know, with the younger generations. And of course, we all know to fight for that equal pay, um, you know, for especially for the younger generation and for them to reap the benefits. You know, hey, what can you say, Billy Jean? You are amazing. One of a kind, Billy. Yes, 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 yes. Jim, Billy Jean. You know, uh, to what Marlo said, ditto, and she always was on the side of righteousness. 
mm-hmm. whether it be for equal pay. She was one of the first people to come out to support Arthur Ashe. Mm. And, you know, she, you know, continued support of the Williams sisters and everybody. Yeah. You know, Billie Jean was just a great person. Is, because she's not dead. Nope. A great yeah, person, yeah. great spokesman for the game. And, and, and it's interesting, her career, she won one point one million or nine hundred thousand, and she fought for that equal pay. And here, Coco Golf is picking up the check at nineteen years old for three million because Billie Jean fought for her and fought for other women as well. So, hey, Billie Jean King, our Women of the Month, thank you so much. We salute you. Okay. Now, as we often talk about our women executives in sports, and we have an interesting one, Jim. Marlo, I'm not sure we knew who this lady. Her name was Michelle A. Roberts, born in 1956. She was an American attorney, and she's a former executive director of the National Basketball Players Association. She was the first woman, and she's African-American, to hold that position and to head a major professional sports union in North America. Now, she um, began a career, 1980, as a public defender service for the District of Columbia, and she served for eight years in that role. She also built a reputation as a trial lawyer, and um, she was named executive director of the National Basketball Players Association in July of 2014. She succeeded Billy Hunter in that position, and she received 32 of 36 votes, okay? And uh, she's had some great, great um, awards. But in 2020, Roberts announced plans to resign, but later in the negotiations with NBA players and owners, these negotiations included the planning for the 2020 NBA bubble season, where play resumed during the COVID-19 pandemics. The negotiations also included efforts to promote racial justice, such as painting Black Lives Matter on the NBA court. Michelle Roberts. Marlo, what do you think on this? Exceptional, exceptional attorney. Moving the NBA forward. We didn't know it. That's yep. You definitely did not know that she was behind all of this, especially with the the, um, the NBA players in the bubble and you know them with painting of the Black Lives Matter. And but I should have known because she was um she was actually mentored by the um, late attorney Charles Oglesby, and right. he actually he recently passed what last month, and I remember hearing about him passing. And some of the the um, celebrities that he represented in the past was um, uh, the one and only Sh- uh, Tupac Shakur and Anita Hill, um, and he also taught President Obama and. First Lady Michelle Obama at Harvard. So we should have known wow. that she was out to do great things. So, yeah. Mm. Definitely. Definitely Jim? keeping an eye on her. Jim, Michelle Roberts, what do you think? You know, Michelle didn't take any stuff. You know, in a, in a men's world, she was a men's dominated world. She was very good at negotiating and getting things done for the players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody got music background? 
Yeah, my sister's called. But you know, and she she did very well, and she was is succeeded by another woman whose name escapes me. But you know, probably gonna do great things as well. So one more time, Michelle Roberts paving the way. Now, everybody was talking about Angel Reese. Let's talk about the coach, Kim Mulkey. Kim Mulkey is a legend. Now, she played for Louisiana Tech back in the day. She coaches LSU now. Two of her accomplishments. She recently had a statue unveiled for her at LSU for all that she's done. And uh, Dr. Kemp, let's talk about that first, or just the statue. What do you think? Kim Mulkey. <laughs> yeah. And those jackets of hers. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say, I see why she wore that jacket that she had on because she she is tough after reading her, her stuff. Um, you know, her college was able to unveil the statue for her at, like you said, at Louisiana Tech. And um, she's up there with other greats such as that we know of, such as Terry Bradshaw, a quarterback of the former quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers for the young people. Uh, Carl Malone, he's played basketball. Mm. Teresa Witherspoon, um, just to name a few people. Um, and I mean, it's just like with her stats, you know, just she has done a lot as a player, a coach. Um, and I mean, my hat goes off to her because, I mean, it's a lot. It's it's a lot. She's the only person in basketball history, both men and women, to win national championships as a head coach, assistant coach, and a player. Yeah. Yeah. Jim? And at two different schools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Baylor and LSU. Another little-known fact that I just read today, she actually had uh, some bypass surgery this summer. Mm. She went in yeah. with a little discomfort. And they found an artery that was 95 to 98% blocked. Wow. And she took care of that and got that done. But hats off to Kia. I love her, the way she dresses. She's real flamboyant. <laughs> <All right. Yeah. laughs> now, there's something else that slipped by us a few weeks ago with Coach Kim Mulkey. She also became the highest paid female basketball coach. She signed a deal for $36 million to keep her through 2033. So they paying her some money down there at LSU. Huh? And uh, it goes up in increments each year. I think this year, when it's all said and done, this season should receive $3 million. So she's uh, getting paid. And uh, I'm glad to see coaches like her, uh, Dawn Staley, and there's others to follow that will be getting paid that kind of money. What do you think about the money, Jim? Jim? I think it's great. And I think you've Adia Barnes in Arizona who made the national finals about three years ago. There are a lot of great African-American coaches out there that are starting to get paid. Mm. Yeah. And that's a long time coming. We want to oh, welcome yeah. this university's Hall of Famer, Ms. Renee Spencer, to the show. Hello, Renee. Dr. Kemp, what do you think about Kim Mulkey's pay raise? She's got raise of a million dollars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go Kim, shoot, like Jim said, <laughs> she deserve it, and 
and um, all the other women that are out there, you know, on the front lines, coaching, coaching the young ladies to move them forward to professional sports or, or professionalism or anything that they want to accomplish. So yeah. give it to them. Absolutely. Kim Moki. Yes. Now, we had a couple of <coughs> records set this weekend. Let's start with the Jackson State Tigers, Coach TC. They couldn't kick the ball off well, so they got a young lady named Lalani Armenta from the women's soccer team. And for the first time in Jackson State's history, a female did kickoff in the men's football game. So there's a breakthrough. Go, go, go. Leilani Armenta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you know about that one, Jim? Yes. <clears throat> uh, yes. Go ahead. And I am looking it up. There was another female football player who played safety this weekend. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. Haley Van Hoorch. Van Horses yep. was the first female non-kicker in a football game. And she played for Shenandoah University. Absolutely. We'll give her a hand as well. So. Yeah. Okay. One more record. One more record. Dr. Kemp, I want you to speak on this one. Now we switch to sports. Over in Berlin, okay, they had a marathon just like the New York City Marathon. <laughs> However, Miss Tigs, T-I-G-S-T, Asifa of Ethiopia, set a new women's marathon record. Okay, records are made to be broken. Usually they are by a few seconds. She broke the record by over two minutes. I mean, that is phenomenal. I don't have the official times, but she broke the women's world record in the marathon by two minutes. And uh, wow. What do you think? Dr. Kemp, coming to you first. Yeah, she, it was uh, two hours, 11 minutes and 53 seconds um, that she ran it in. And um, she also held the previous record in 2019, the Chicago Marathon. So she, no, I'm sorry. She broke the previous record of the 2019 Chicago Marathon. Um, that was two hours and 14 minutes. Um, so, and last year she was the third fastest at two hours and 15 minutes and 37 seconds. So with these- uh, with these, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> with these. Um, her, her, she, uh, read that she said that her goal was, you know, hopefully she'll be selected for the Olympic, um, marathon. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see her, um, running in the Paris, the next Paris, um, the Olympics in Paris. Hoping she get elected, selected. Huh. Jim, what do you no, think about that? Broke the record. So she's the first uh, woman to go under three hours in the marathon? No, uh, -uh. she's been under three hours. She's at two eleven now. Oh, two! I thought you said two fifty-three. No. Oh, okay. Oh no, she's great. You talking about hope she's in the Olympics? She'll yeah. Be in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ethiopia already got her jersey picked out. <laughs> yeah, Ethiopia said you can rest until Paris. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a congratulations. One more time, yes. Miss Asifa 
uh, Ethiopia. Yes, great accomplishments. Last week, Deion Sanders did an interview on 60 Minutes after he won his third game of the season, not the fifth weekend. And he talked about Colorado State, and he mentioned Jackson State. And um, Tamika Reed, the basketball coach, women's coach at Jackson State, and Coach TC were very upset, not at Dion, but the way 60 Minutes depicted Jackson. There was a segment during that story where they showed Colorado, 1% black, and they showed the housing, the mountains in the background, and the beautiful neighborhood, as opposed to where Dion left, and they picked the worst abandoned, rundown house in Jackson, in the worst part of town, mm -hmm. and depicted Jackson State or Jackson, Mississippi, in a very negative sense. And so, I just want your thoughts on that, uh, Marlo. I'll come to you first, and then Jim, and um, give me your thoughts on that. And I'm glad Coach Reed and Tamika, I mean, and TC spoke up. That's King. That's yeah, um, you know, I think they were she was absolutely right, you know, just to, you know, say that because it, it seems like they always want to show certain us, certain populations um, in such a bad light. And, you know, I agree with her when she said, you know, whatever house that they show, how do we even know that it was in Jackson, Mississippi, you know, and, you know, mm -hmm. when something happens or something happens in the neighborhood. You know, they don't go interview the, the people who can speak, um, you know, with some sense. They always have to go out and try to find, uh, <laughs> you know, some some people that, um, you know, with the just less uh, vocabulary at times. Um, and, and I guess maybe this was, you know, what she was trying to convey, you know, the yeah. same thing with the house, with the housing, you know, that they were showing. So, mm -hmm. We, we'll see more to come on after the 60 minute interview. I'm be curious to see that interview. Okay. Well, I'm glad that both of those coaches uh, stepped in there. Let me move mm -hmm. on. Jim, I'm going to move on on this one. Let's talk about volleyball. We so said we're keeping up with it. This week, we're going to give the rundown of our MIAC and our SWAC uh, scores in Division One. Uh, conference State in conference. Now they get in the conference play. They seem to be the creep of the Cream of the crop in the MIAC. They're two and on conference. And by the way, 12 and 2 overall, overall. Howard 2 and 0. Norfolk State 2 and 0. Maryland Easter Shore 1 and 1. Delaware State 1 and 1. Morgan State 0 and 2. North Carolina Central 0 and 2. And South Carolina State, they are 0 and 2. So that is the uh, standards right there. Let me, let me jump to the smack. This is just conference play. Now, Jackson State's 1 and 0. Prairie's 1 and 0. Southern 1 0, Alabama State 2 0, Florida AM 1 1, Bethune Cookman 1 1, Mississippi Valley State 0 1, Gremlin 0 0, Arkansas Pine Bluff 0 1, Alabama AM 0 2, Texas Southern 0 1, and Alcorn State 0 1. So that's the way we're looking volleyball. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back and we'll wrap up the um, WNBA playoffs, okay? We'll be right back.
back. I'm Cliff Burton, friends, featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. Now, the only conference that has men's volleyball is the SIAC, and here they are in conference play. And with Waters, 10 and 0, Central State, 8 and 2, Benedict, 6 and 5, Fort Valley State, 4 and 6, Kentucky State, 2 and 8, and our men of Morehouse are 0 and 11. That's just the conference standings right now, and those are the only teams in the conference that do have volleyball. So let's give these guys a hand. I think this sport's growing, and um, we need to keep pushing it. We need to keep pushing it, men and women's division. All right. Jim, we're down to the – they're both playing tonight. We're down to the WNBA playoff semifinals. And uh, <clears throat> both the East and the West on game two. Game one, Las Vegas Ace took care of business against Dallas. But in game one on Sunday, Connecticut, they're a very dangerous team. They beat the New York Liberty, and uh, they're up 1-0. Let's start um, – Marlo, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? Let's talk about Liberty first. Liberty versus Connecticut. Yeah, Liberty is up, you know, they are up against, um, you know, Connecticut. Connecticut is, they coming out ready to play. They trying to win. But I, I'm I'm definitely still rooting for um, the Liberty. I think they're going to, you know, pull it out two games. They're going to take the series. Well, yeah. They only got they a little tired, but, you know, that's okay. That's well, they've okay. got, yeah, Connecticut has um, Bonner, Thomas, and a few more. But those guys are very playoff experienced. They've been in the semifinals and finals for the last four or five years. And mm -hmm. uh, if John Court Jones has to step up a little for New York, and then Brianna Stewart has to be Brianna Stewart. By the way, she won the official MVP today and the first Liberty player to get that award. The second in her career, but she was with Seattle at that time. Jim, give us the other series. Las Vegas versus Dallas. What do you see? Well, Dallas is the only team to have beaten all of the other three teams. So Dallas is going to give the Vegas, uh, the Aces, a tough time. But I think the Aces went out. But I just want to say this. You remember I told you the, the, the benefit of placing in first place was yeah. that you avoid this Connecticut sun. Yes, you did. And I think, and I think the uh, – Liberty, and you know, my two New Yorkers on the panel, you know, I, I detect a little fear <laughs> on you. But I, I, I think the Liberty will go ahead and uh, win these next two and pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to stay on top of it. They're both playing tonight. The first game is going on now, and the second one's at 10 o'clock. We'll see how things turn, turn out. Now, um, let's move on basketball. I know it, but it's right around the corner. And the official season starts, at least for the NBA, on 10-3. And the colleges are soon to follow. But there was an early poll that came out, women's basketball. And they say these should be the top five in women's basketball. Number one, Paige Becker coming back. They think it's going to be the UConn Huskies. What do you think about that one, Jim? You think they're going to be strong enough? Well, you know, Connecticut's problem these last couple of years have been health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, if, if they stay healthy, it's a different story. So I'm thinking, you know, with Paige Becker's coming back healthy, they, they should be a formidable foe. Yeah. yeah. 
Aaliyah Edwards on that squad. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they got some players. So stuff. But this is a team, number two, they don't talk about much. The Utah Oops, but they made the NCAA tournament last year. And uh, they have a preseason All American in Gianna Neepkins. Uh, she's first team preseason. But that team sneaks up on folks, and they snuck up on folks last year. I, I saw them in the tournament. They're not bad. So, what, what conference are they in, Jim? I don't know that conference at all. Pac 12. Pac 12. All right. And they will be well, going just, to the Big 12 in 24. All righty. Okay. We'll just do the first five. Number three, of course, the LSU Tigers. And they are. They're coming back even more talented than last year. Of course, they have Flaje, they have Andrew Reese, but they've added a few pieces. They've added a few pieces, right? Yes, and you know, Andrew Reese has had a pretty robust offseason, mm-hmm. making over $2 million. I'm hoping she's going to come back hungry. Yeah. But I think got- Kim, will, Kim Mulkey will take care of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And they got, didn't they get the transfer in from Louisville? They got somebody to yes. with, yeah. She averages over twenty points a game, so they're looking good. Iowa, Marlo, yeah, I know who you're going to talk about here. Iowa Hawkeyes, number four. Mm-hmm. Mm. I thought that they would be ranked a little higher than that, but okay. <laughs> so- <laughs> uh, you notice they're right behind LSU, Marlo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin Clark, Player of the Year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't wait for it to start. I just want to see. And she gonna shoot the lights out. They better watch out. I hope they was practicing their threes off off season. Everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, rounded out and rounded out the top five is the Indiana Hoosiers. So there it is. Just getting a peek. You're gonna start college basketball is coming up. And uh, Jim, we're gonna take us about thirty second break. When we come back, Jim, we'll be ready for you. Okay. Here we go. All right. So we got a couple of comments in the chat. Nate Spencer says, great, gone girl. I can't remember who she's talking about there. And so others. So here, here we go, James. Dr. Clipper and the friends featuring the absolute very best in women's sports and HBCU athletics. And tonight, Jim, take us away. HBCU football. Well, I wanted to start out with our classic of the week for this week is the State Fair Classic, which pits Grambling at Prairie View in Dallas, Texas this weekend. That ought to be a good one. Now we go to last week's slate of games. Fayetteville State took down, I believe, undefeated Virginia Union 10-7 with a field goal, uh, 27-yarder at the end of the game. You know, this was a good game. The Broncos the Broncos of Fayetteville State are now 2-2, two and two, and the Panthers suffered their first loss, dropping to 3-1. and one. You know, it was a uh, game was played in the rain. 
Both teams had combined 85 rush attempts. So that's what happened with the low score there. Next, we have, which I think is going to be the winner of the SWAC, Florida A&M was able to beat Alabama State 23-10. to 10. Yeah. And they picked up another win in the, in the SWAC. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if we mentioned it, but Florida A&M also beat West Florida, which is usually a rival of theirs when it comes time to Division I AA playoffs. They beat them the week before. Now, there was an unfortunate incident in that game where an Alabama football player was suspended for striking a security guard after the game. Yes, he was a little bit upset because they lost. Well, they lost, and he did not, from what I understand, he did not play in the game. So, the Rattlers. Go ahead. I was just saying, the Rattlers. Did they say how long they were going to suspend him? Did they say how long? Okay. It's indefinite suspension. The Rattlers were able to control the ball for 26, 36 minutes. 17 seconds, and the Hornets never got their running game together on that one. Now, our uh, one of our other good teams is probably the best team in the MEAC, North Carolina Central, played Mississippi Valley State, and they overwhelmed them in the Circle City Classic. And they did that without their top quarterback, Darius Richards. <laughs> Davius Richards. They were able to beat Mississippi Valley State, who I believe, 45 to 3. I think wow. Mississippi Valley State has not won a game this year. But still, you know, this uh, the uh, North Carolina Central Eagles just rolled over, the, just rolled. As I sure. think it's going to be a uh, clash between North Carolina Central and uh, Florida A&M in the, uh, the uh, MEAC SWAC Championship Bowl. Jim, so, yes. And I'm not trying to be facetious. But has Mississippi Valley State had a winning season since Jerry Rice was there? I mean, come on. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe one or two, but yeah, it's oh, it's man. been they had Jerry Rice, Willie Totten. Um, yeah. the quarterback was good. They would just they would hey, they would just throw on every down. They would just go to destroy you. But they yeah, have not had the success. They have not had the success that they had during that era of our, you know, basically the time we were in college. But, no, I don't think so. All right. (laughs) Now, Jackson State, which, yeah, that was kind of cruel, Cliff. I'm sorry. You know, we talk about Jackson State, but Jackson State played their first home game on last Saturday. They had been playing in classics and around the, you know, so they are three and two now, but they beat Bethune Cookman twenty-two to sixteen. I think I'm behind the times. I didn't even realize Bethune Cookman was uh was um you know well was still um you know had the football team and was still open. Yeah, they were trying oh, to. Yeah, hide you remember that they signed Ed Reed and yeah. um oh, they yeah, had a little. That's right. That's right. Okay. I don't know. How did I forget that? <laughs> <laughs> so 
sorry. Some more slamming on Bethune Cookman. I see. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I just now, remember we had a discussion of that story. So, as we mentioned earlier, the, the kickoff history is made as the kickoff as Liane Armentier was the first woman football player in Jackson State history. She was a soccer player that they added on this week due to injuries. And we she kicked in high her. school. We're going to probably see her more because she was just a freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those mm-hmm. other guys either give get healthy or get well. Something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we may see her a lot more. Now, South Carolina State, which uh, was winless before then, won their first game in a route of the Citadel where Corey Fields passed for 301 yards and three touchdowns in their 31-10 victory over the Citadel on Saturday. Is this the one, Jim, where the coach was in his last year? South Carolina State? Yes. Buddy Pogue is in his last year. Hmm. Correct. Prairie View got their second win in the conference, defeating Alcorn State. Now they they were picked to finish fifth in the West. Now they're tied with Grambling State at the top of the West, with two and zero in conference play. Travis Con t- t- no Trazon Conley led the way for Prairie View, twelve for nineteen for one hundred and eighty seven yards and a touchdown. He also had a rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Norfolk State won on the road against Towson State. The Norfolk Where's State. Where's Towson State? Maryland. It's in, Mar- in Maryland. I don't know. Okay. Towson, Maryland, I believe. Okay. Norfolk yeah. kept, now we, we've talked about it on the air, but Norfolk kept it on the ground for 350 yards, the second most in program history to win 21 14 mm. at Towson. Yeah, give it to him. Now we have to end talking about these games on a thriller, which the Tuskegee Golden Eagles survived the double overtime thriller against the Lane Dragons, coming yeah. away with the 28-22 victory. I remember we highlighted Tuskegee's coach, the new coach coming in, and said he has to bring back the winning tradition. Yep. Well, Tuskegee is 4-0 right now, and off their best start since 2016, and extends the home win streak to five games. And on the other hand, Lane is 0-4. <laughs> mm. Off to its worst start since 2017. Mm-hmm. You know, Tuskegee held them scoreless in the first half, led 14 to zip. But in the second half, Lane came back and scoring on their first offensive drive in the third quarter to tie it. Kyle and Dewey. Finished the game with 123 rushing yards on 22 attempts. Got the scoring started with a 27-yard touchdown run. Mm. Wow. Great. Jim? Yeah. Let's take one minute and come back with the NFL. Okay? Okay. All right. Here we go.
All right. Welcome back. Dr. Clifford and Friends featuring the absolute very best for all of women's sports at HBC Sports, HBC Athletics, and a little bit more. And uh, Jim, if you have something to finish on college, but on the NFL, yeah. I want to give you time to okay. talk about that beatdown Miami endeavor. But go ahead, Jim. Finish college. <laughs> well, we had the college football rankings. Okay. Which, you know, Georgia and Michigan are still one and two. Ohio State, which played Notre Dame on Saturday night with a thriller, scored with seven seconds left and beat Notre Dame. And the controversy after that was that Notre Dame only had 10 players on the field for that final play. Two plays. The final two plays. Two plays. Yeah. And the, yes, and they didn't have a timeout to call, so they couldn't stop it. Which I feel for Marcus Freeman. Because wow. you know, as a brother, he's going to catch some heat. Yeah, I saw him in the press conference today. It was rough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, know, Florida, you know, Ohio State is number four. Florida State, number five. Penn State, number six. Washington, who had a drubbing. A beatdown of, uh, I forget who they were playing, but Michael Phoenix Jr. had a great game. Had over 300 yards passing and maybe a couple rushing TDs. So he's kept his name high for the Heisman. UCLA is 4-0 with the reigning Heisman Trophy winning champion who's going to try to, to, to repeat. Oregon, mm. which beat Colorado 42-6. to <laughs> Now, there have been a little, you know, Oregon's coach, Dan Lanning, said all the right things about Dion. But he allowed himself. No, I, no, I'm going no, to no, tell no. our audience, they can't poop coaches no. on here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, this is that I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he said all the right things about Dion. Now, audience to, is mad. Uh -huh. He got to talk about in his pregame. As Cliff and, and Marlo, you know, when you go pregame, you want to make yourself the underdog. You want to make yourself outsider, outcast. You want to mm -hmm. do whatever you can to make that team hate the other team. And he said some things about, you know, we're not for clicks, we're for, you know, and all that other stuff. And they came out fired up. Yeah. Some people were on him because they thought he was running up the score. But then he said in his press conference, you know, they were mad at me for running a fake punt. I did that in all four games. They were mad at me for going on fourth down. I did that in three of the four games. So Dan Lanning is a gambler. And so far, it's paid off for him. Mm -hmm. Why were they mad and, at him? <coughs> I mean, he was just playing his style of football. They were yeah, uh, well, Hey, they came out fired up. But it exposed... Yeah. Dion's weakness this year, and you know he will get that fixed next year. His offense and defensive lines are not as good as the other part. He's got the skill position players, but the offensive and defensive lines are not as they should be. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but, but, Jim, you know, if you look at the first few games, we, we could see that. Like Shadur was having to come back, and they were having to outscore people, but they couldn't stop people, right? So – we knew they had weaknesses going into this past game and this game this weekend, you know. He mm -hmm. said he's going to get him 10 dogs this year for next year. Get him back. Oh, yeah. That's what Dion said. You better get him back. And unfortunately, Shadur is the number one sack quarterback 
in all of the NCAA Division One with 22. Yeah. You know, we don't want him to take a beating like that because, hey, he's going to get hurt if, if something doesn't stop. Hmm. Now, Utah rounds out the top 10. And you know, it's ironic with the Pac-12, which is going to be no longer, has four. I think they still have six in the top 25 team. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays out in uh, in uh, the division play. Now the NFL. All right. Scoreboard. <laughs> Some of the games here. We started out the week with uh, Cliff and Marlowe's Giants getting beat down by the 49ers, 30 to 12. Why did they pay Daniel Jones $40 million? I will never know. <laughs> I will never know. You could have said, he could have said, no, nah, I'm good with 30. Give him a gift of love to Saquon. <laughs> but, you know, the Lions defeated the uh, previously undefeated Falcons 20 to 6 mm-hmm. with the seven sacks showing on their defense. I mean, their defense did not it's show it's up. It's against Seattle the week before, and they showed up proud. The Saints had a 17 to nothing lead on the Packers and lost 18 to 17 as the Packers scored the last 18 points. The Dolphins in a uh, high school football score defeated the Broncos 70 (laughs) to 20. Now, I am a person... Unless you're the Broncos. All right, here we go. I'm a person who plays fantasy football, and there was a player in the Dolphins game that had 56 fantasy points. Wow. That's unheard of. The Chargers in the I don't want to win this game defeated the Vikings 28-24 to for their first win as the Vikings' Kirk's Cousins through an interception in the end zone with less than a minute remaining. <laughs> the Chargers had the game, had the had the ball and the game, but decided to go for it on fourth down inside their 30-yard line and did not get it, giving the Vikings an easy chance to score, but Kirk Cousins threw an interception at the end. The uh, Patriots defeated the Jets, which mm. are in a free fall. And they are actively calling and listening to the radio this morning for anyone to come and play quarterback <laughs> other than Zach Wilson. That's true. That's anyone. True. Yeah, I heard That's that call too, Jim. I think I, I think Joe Namath, Joe Namath said get him out of there. I didn't yes, Joe was he still did. living. Joe might be coming back out of retirement. One problem yeah. that they have is they don't have any money. Hmm. Yeah, because Aaron got it all. Aaron got it all. Recuperate. Yeah, all five Five plays he played. If you count the kickoff, all five plays he played in. (laughs) Now, Bills beat the Commanders, thirty-seven to three. Texans, quietly under C.J. Stroud, who had almost three hundred yards and two TDs, beat the Jaguars, who were the favorites in the uh, AFC South, Mm -hmm. seven to seventeen. Mm-hmm. Beat the Ravens in overtime, 
first time in history, I think they have uh, the Colts kicker at four 50 yard kicks. Mm-hmm. Panthers yeah. beat the Seahawks. Uh, number one pick Bryce Young was hurt, did not play in that game. <laughs> well, you if you look at the Bears and the Chiefs, the oh, highlight boy. of that game was Taylor Swift in the stands <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> in the uh, box with Travis right. Kelsey's mom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I, I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to leave it alone. And somebody made this point. They said, why would Travis Kelsey do that? Because when you inevitably break up with her, you're going to have all the Swifties mad at you, and you're going to be in trouble. And they're going to say it's going to take a toll on your game. The Cowboys, <laughs> which the week before were talked about as world beaters, basically wet the bed with the Saint Louis, with the uh, Arizona Cardinals and lost 28-16. to 16. Wow. They were talking about they can't be beat. Well, they can be beat. And the Steelers beat the Raiders 23-18. Mm-hmm. On Monday night, the Eagles defense, Jalen Carter, which should have been the number one pick, wrecked havoc on Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield. And the Eagles won 25-11. And the Bengals played Joe Burrow because they were 0-2, and they ended up defeating the Rams 19-16. Jim, do you think you think Cincinnati's going to make another run like last year? They started out kind of slow last year and came on. Think they're going to make a run again? Well, I hate to do this, but no, I don't. Cliff, okay. I'm going to throw the question back on you. With the injury yeah. like Joe Burrow has, be playing because it's not it's a calf muscle right yeah yeah that's not going to get better until he actually sits out that's true and they have a extra game this year right are they playing 17 games this year yes is this Mm -hmm. yeah so they'll be nagging him all year and um their, their offensive line is still a little suspect i'll put that there so yeah, watching the game last night, it was a lot of short passes. The yeah. Rams never made the adjustment there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I believe the Titans play him next week. They were, sit- they were probably sitting back watching that. Okay, he's not going to be mobile. And you remember the Titans sacked him nine times in that playoff game, which they lost to Cincinnati. So I'm sure the teams are going to try to sack him a lot. Because yeah. he's not going to be, he, he can't, you know, do any long passes. Yeah. Now, before we go to the stat leaders, I wanted to mention that, you know, we've all heard this summer that Damian Lillard wants to go to Miami. Yeah. But I saw two things today that said that now. Toronto and Boston might be his place that gives the best offer to Portland. Mm-hmm. So let's stay tuned with the camp starting on the third. What happens there? I expect something to happen soon. Offensive passing leaders. Kirk Cousins has 1,075 yards and no wins. Whoa. So you, you, t- you take that how you want to take it. Two is right about 50 yards behind him at 1,024. And he looked like he was at a track meet that other day. That yeah. team is so focused. 
Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, and, and C.J. Stroud round out the top five rushing. Christian McCaffrey with 355 yards. Mm-hmm. Former Lion cast off DeAndre Swift with 308 yards. James Cook, a name not heard from before, 267. James Conner and Tony Pollard rounded off. Receiving Justin Jefferson, who came close to getting 2,000 yards last year, has 458 after three games, which is about 150 apiece. Tyreek Hill, 412. He claims he's going to get over 2,000 yards this year. Keenan Allen, 402. Puka Nachuka of the Los Angeles Rams, who's come out of nowhere, has 338. And Devontae Adams rounds out the top five. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jim, I could tell you this much. If Miami keeps playing the Broncos, that receiver might get that many yards. <laughs> yeah. Tyreek Hill. <laughs> but they got to play yeah. somebody different. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Well, Jim, we're going to take a break. Thanks so much. Great job bringing us the NFL and HPCU. We're going to bring it all to you. And uh, when we come back, we're talking with the NBA. Believe it or not, it's right around the corner. All right? 30 seconds. We're coming back. Back, Dr. Cliff Burton, friends, featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports at HBCU athletics. Let me give you a little bit more. Now, right around the corner, October 3rd, Jim Marlowe, the NBA training camp begins. And then the preseason, some of them have preseason games, they say it's really as 10 5. And, and then the regular season opens 10 24. So it's kind of snuck up on us. And by the way, I want to also say hello to our 17 or 18 engagements who are listening on our show and those who are in the studio as well. So, Jim, what do you think? NBA, Dr. Kim, starting up. Are we ready? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, you know, say? after that. Go ahead, Jim. After, after that series that uh, we saw the end of last year, I think we are ready to see more. And I think this year is going to be really exciting. Jim, what do you think? Do you think Chris Paul is going to fit in well with Golden State and him and Draymond Green can make it in the same locker room? And Dr. Kemper, what's your chime in as well? <laughs> I, you know, I'll be honest with you, Cliff. He was traded from Phoenix to Washington and Washington to Golden State. I don't know that he stays at Golden State. Really? Hey, where you know you've got arguably the best point guard of all time, it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Where where does Chris Paul fit in? Because I don't think they're gonna good. go to a three. I don't think they're gonna go to a three guard lineup. And Chris Paul started his whole life, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think even as a veteran, 
he's that kind of guy that would say, I'll come off the bench. I just don't. Even I don't either, but I don't. Yeah, I, I just don't see it out there with Golden State. Now, one thing could be keep him fresh for the playoffs because the last couple of years he has faded in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's something to watch. But who would Kevin? pick him up? Who would pick him up? Oh, I'm sure there are a lot of people, a lot of teams that are point guard away from winning that would pick him up. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I Jim, think one thing was that yeah. um, Golden State wanted to get Jordan Poole out of there mm-hmm. so quickly that they didn't care what they got back. Mm-hmm. So we well, Jim, will see. Go ahead. Who do you think is the surprise team, or how good do you think Boston would be with the changes they've made? Or Marlo, either one. Jim, I'll let you lead off. I, you know, I, I've never been a fan of uh, the player Boston got. I'm looking at him. I want to say Ivan Drago, but Chris Stapps Porzingis. I think he's quit on some teams, and I think he's overrated. You know, and I think they lost their heart and their soul in that by trading Marcus Smart mm-hmm. to Memphis. So keep an eye on that one. I mean, you know, who's going to play defense on that team? Mm-hmm. Horford is older. Has it, but I, you know, J- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I think are the best one-two tandem in the in the game. But we'll see how the help comes. And I understand that um, guy out of uh, Virginia, I forget his name. He was sixth man of the year. He's yeah, kind of Williams. frustrated. Yeah, Williams. Mm-hmm. No, he's from Tennessee. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not well, and and uh, Williams is with um, he's with Dallas. I think he signed with Dallas as a free agent. Yes. The one you're talking about, but I'm talking um, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, very upset about the way he's been utilized in Boston. So you know, stay tuned on that one. Now, do you think the Phoenix Suns are going to be nothing more than an one team? Are they going to be able to play any defense? Yeah, no, they, they won't know. be. And I don't think they'll. I think they got rid of a darn good coach last year. And uh, I just don't see it for them. Let me ask Dr. Kemp a question. Uh, she's here on the East Coast. Dr. Kemp, your favorite player, James Harden, you think he's going to take Philadelphia to the <laughs> promised land? <laughs> and he's still in Philly, Jim? As of now, yes. Dr. Kemp? As of- They're hoping. They're hoping. I'm not ready for NBA just yet. I'm still in the okay. NFL mindset. Okay. I have to get my mind right. Give me another month. <laughs> I'll be ready for James Harden. You yeah. have to go through training camp like the players, huh, Marlon? I got to go through training camp. <laughs> well, this is that time of year. And, Jim, I want you to give us a quick update before we just talk about the NCAA rules and get out of here. But this is the time of year where all the sports cross, football, basketball, and Jim, mm-hmm. what, we're going to come to October. What is the end, uh, Major League baseball. baseball looking like, real quick? Yeah. Well, it's down to the last week, mm-hmm. Cliff, before the playoffs. And this year, you they have three playoff teams, so six teams in each league make it. So 
So it's be a very exciting race for some of those playoff wild cards. So baseball, yeah. you know, they're playing it out here in Detroit. Miguel Cabrera, you know, legend, is playing his final week here, and he's got a bunch of home games. And he's with, oh, the Jets did sign Trevor Simeon today. Whoopee. Okay. But he is, you know, the looking to retire. He's a top 15 player. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees are down. The Mets are a joke. Mm-hmm. The Angels have two all-time players and can't make the playoffs. And both of them are hurt. So you're going to have a lot of – the Dodgers are still doing well. So you're gonna, and Baltimore is doing excellent. So you're going to have a lot of small market teams that end up being in the playoffs. And it's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a smorgasbord. Let me yeah. say this before we get started: college basketball, on some level, starts also next month. And I want to NCAA Division One, Division Two. I always wonder how come different teams started March Madness on different days. Well, you're allowed to start your official practice 42 days prior to your first game in Division One and Division Two. So it depends when your first official game is. Now, NAIA rules for men and women are a little different. You get a six-month period of practice per year. And within that six months, you can practice any time during the season with three one-week break periods. So there's a little, a lot more leeway, it looks like, for the NAIA when they can start practice and how much practice they can do. So um, NAIA also starts the season a little earlier than the NCAA. So here we are, October, baseball, basketball, football at all levels. You still have, what, uh, cross country going on, volleyball going on, and most volleyball championships in November. And we're going to bring it all to you right here, Cliff Burton friends. And we love evenings like this. We love our guests, too. But on evenings like this, we get to talk for the whole hour and bring it to you and interact with our audience. So, um, Jim, I'll let you say a word as we're moving forward. I do want to say this to all our listeners. Continue to share the word. We're hitting a milestone as of this evening. We are at 849 downloads of our show since we started in November of last year. So, hey, people are listening to our show, and it is expanding. We want to keep up the uh, the work, the content. We have plenty of coaches in all five HBCUs and some special guests to come on. We're also promoting uh, education at Historically Black College and University. We have two leaders of HBCU College Fairs that are going to come on our show and talk about the fairs that they are producing. And one of them is one of the largest fairs in the Northeast, the Malcolm Bernard Fair. The leaders are going to come on the show because we want to push education. And yes, we will take time away from sports to do that. Anything we can do to help young folks make it. Okay? Jim and Dr. F, before we get out of here. A quick update. The Sun are leading the Liberty 42-38 at half. Oh, man. All right. Okay. Just half. Just half <laughs> I don't know if it's a clap or boo. We'll clap because the Sun are right for me, too. <laughs> Dr. Kemp, hope we get out of here. I just want to send a shout out to the TSU tennis team.
team who won the uh, men's won the tennis championship. So just say congratulations to them. All right. It's you. And I guess keeping on TSU, did you see that TSU is going to be building a hockey arena, a new oh, wow. on, on campus football field and some other things? Yes. I just wow. saw that in the news. <laughs> we got to start no playing TSU. the TSU fight song. I'm so glad mm -hmm. I go to TSU on here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now. Go Tigers. We're going to keep coming every Tuesday night now. Every Tuesday night. We don't want to compete with Monday Night Football. Not the Cliff Burton Friends. We bring you the very best in all the women's sports, HBCU athletics. We're covering all five conferences NBA, NCAA, NAIA. We have it for you. You want it? Come right here. Continue to spread the word, and we'll see everybody back in 168 hours from now. Thank you so much. Good night.